<clears throat> good after good morning everybody this is the recording of the key role film society i am pastor neil wemus uh today we are this is going to be kind of a potpourri episode uh with a variety of things going on i don't think i'm going to have a whole lot of um theological content or anything it just a lot of stuff has gone on in the last week. I know I said I was going to do kind of a video game <clears throat> theme podcast. I think I'm going to do that after this, next week, some point. Uh, but today, this week, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on in the pop culture world. And there, so there's kind of three things I want to highlight. The first thing I want to highlight is, for me, myself, uh, last night I was at... Um, I was down in Des Moines, at, and I went to uh, a live show for Hollywood Babylon with uh, Kevin Smith and uh, Ralph Garman. And I want to first kind of react to something, because and this is kind of why I'm starting this off on the podcast, because I feel like, I almost feel like i got to defend Kevin Smith a little bit, because we had this little situation where some guy kind of stalked Kevin Smith, um, in Des Moines, so he drove for, for, apparently followed him around for 20 minutes, so I'm just looking at, this is what Kevin Smith <clears throat> posted on his Twitter, he says, just left the second Des Moines Babble show at, uh, at Woolies, Des Moines, and got followed home, kept driving to lose tail, but they followed for 20 minutes until I did some speedy maneuvers through the back streets of the burbs to lose them. Was a bit unnerving, but didn't ruin a, a night of fun shows. So, uh, that's the little tweet that he had. So, these people were stalking him. Well, this morning, so, well, apparently these people responded and said, Kevin Smith, that was us. And we drove six hours to meet you, and you were a complete uh, jack-off to fans. Their words, not mine. Why in a rush for fans, one selfie... Give me a break. So, <clears throat> all right, so that's the whole little thing. So some guy, so apparently whoever was stalking them drove are mad that they did not get a, a picture at least or whatever because they drove six hours. Well, I'm going to tell you, I went to that exact same show, and I know what was in my ticket. When I said, when I bought my ticket, it did not say, um... Hollywood Babylon live show plus a meet and greet or photo ops or whatever with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. It doesn't say that. All it said is you get the live show and that's it. Anything else is going to be out of the kindness of the of the guy that does it. All right. However, the thing is, is that and the thing is, is we were at. If anybody knows what's been going on with Kevin Smith, first off, he had a massive heart attack back in February. The guy's lost a lot of weight, and it's really noticeable. Um, he's, I think I've seen him, that he's lost, I heard he lost like 30 pounds. But anyways, you definitely could notice the weight loss in him. Uh, but given that stat, that fact, I mean, the fact that he's going around touring Iowa, I mean, he's in Des Moines for two shows, <clears throat> Later than today, tonight, I'm gonna. I think he's gonna be in, uh, kind of like around Cedar Rapids area, and then he's gonna be in Iowa City on Sunday night. So I mean, that is, um, 
you know, four shows in three days in Iowa. That's kind of, you know, kind of cool for us because we really don't get a lot of really cool celebrity types in the state of Iowa. So it's kind of cool that he comes and he's taking that time. And we're talking about a 1030 showing last night. He got done, which means we got done at about, it was done about midnight. He's probably exhausted. And plus he said, I mean, I was just kind of reading his response to this guy. And he said that he had to go back and take one of his heart meds uh, because, you know, after the heart attack. And so, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good reason. But still, but even just, even if that weren't the issue, I mean, the, just the simple empathy that it's late. He's had two shows, and from what he says here, he st- after the first show, he was taking pics with a whole bunch of people, and he was spending time with the fans. And I'm reading some of the other comments, and he does that at other shows. It was a late night. He's tired. He's understandable, all right? So people really, I, so that kind of bugged me. And what's more is, so the show itself was great. The guy, it was funny. It was humorous. And I should note, for anybody that's listening right now, if you um, because I realize that I am identifying myself as a pastor. So, and usually this podcast this podcast does have Christian themes. So I have to acknowledge that Kevin Smith is a guy his most of his podcasts, his podcasts generally are not what I'd call family friendly. Alright, so I'm just gonna state that. Um it could get pretty vulgar and everything like that. Um so you, so it's not definitely not in everybody's audience. I can generally handle it. Um, I admit there sometimes it can get to be, um, but for the most part I'm okay. But anyways, so last night's show it was very funny. Um, just it was some great stuff. And the thing that I liked was that what I think really stood out about Kevin Smith as a person. So because after I read this, I couldn't help but after I saw this pop up in my Twitter feed that this guy was stalking him. Um, the thing that he just could not help, I had to go back and think about that podcast. Like, did this guy seem like he's, you know, is he a nice guy? And the thing that stood out to me was actually the very beginning of the podcast, but the very beginning of the show, at the very beginning of the show, he's talking about how he went to see Infinity War, which I'm going to talk about that later, but, um, he went to see Infinity War over at Jordan Creek Mall Theater, which, you know, any of us who grew, have spent lived in Des Moines, that's a movie theater we go to. And I didn't know they had these, like, vibrating chairs and everything. But anyways, he talked about, like, going around Des Moines and, you know, he actually was try- soaking in our town, which I think that's kind of cool because the thing is is that um, he could so easily be the type of guy that goes to the, you know, he comes to town, does the show, Gets on the airplane, goes away. But he actually tried to kind of see our our you know our town, see what Iowa is. I mean, granted, it's West Des Moines, but uh, I kind of liked hearing that that this guy was enjoying where he's at. It didn't feel like he was a guy that was like these stupid I these stupid you know Midwesterners. They're not quite as cool as us guys on the East or West Coast or whatever. It felt like his head. I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing Iowa driving, which is a bit different. And he talked. So that's he did a good show, and he was. 
a very good guy, um, very, you know, friendly to the entire audience. Um, why he didn't stay behind, it makes sense. He's tired. And, you know, add in the fact that he needed the medication, that gives even bigger reason. So that's my thoughts. And what, by the way, what really annoys me on that whole situation with this is the guy that did it, he said he drove six hours. Well, I know Iowa. You can't, it, to get to Des Moines, nothing in Iowa is six hours from Des Moines, all right? Which means that this is some guy that came from another state and acted like a total jerk here. So, I mean, like, we very rarely, as a state, get any of these celebrities, as I mentioned before. I mean, look at our Wizard World lineup. Every year, it is so awful. And so... And there's hardly anybody on it. And so we get Kevin Smith. And I'm hoping that this this guy came from Chicago, which I know some people did. That would make me even more irritated. Because Chicago's got C2E2. They got Wizard World. They've got Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. They get these huge, awesome Comic Cons. And they get it's just about everybody there. And they come, they come to Iowa and just kind of act like a jerk. Be a jerk in Illinois, all right? Uh, we really can't afford that. I, I mean, so anyways, um, it was a good show. He he did. Uh, I liked it. It was. A, I actually downloaded some more Hollywood Babylon podcasts. I'm more of a Batman, Fat Man on Batman person, and I'd love to have him and uh, um, and and Mark come out sometime because uh, I think they're. I love their show. I love this. And actually, I tend to like agree with Mark a lot more than I do Kevin Smith. But I, you know, Kevin Smith is just a very likable guy to listen to, and he is one of those guys that just comes off as being a pretty nice guy. So it's just simple empathy to understand why he didn't stay around. So, anyways, that is my bit on um, Kevin Smith, um, the pod, the live show last night. It was good. Um, and by the way, uh, Woolsey's, I thought it's actually a pretty good, pretty decent venue, I thought, um, for, you know, kind of a small scale event like that. Um, you know, they got people, the line in really quickly. They checked our, our IDs and everything. They did everything so quick. Um, very well run establishment for, um, an event like this. So anyways, uh, with that, I'm going to move, I'm going to segue into, um, Avengers Infinity War, because I just mentioned it before. And so, with that, I'm going to play a little bit more of that Avengers suite. All right, so yesterday, so Thursday night, um, in theaters around the country, the movie uh, Avengers Infinity War came out. It was released. And I'm not going to give say too much about this movie because I don't want to give away spoilers because it is one of those movies like, oh, there it's just spoiler, overabundance of spoiler traps 
But all I could say is the movie was just so amazing. Um, incredible. The battles that you see in the trailers between the Wakandaites and um, the Avengers was awesome. Or men and the um, Thanos people. The uh, Thanos' henchmen. Uh, totally awesome. I love Ebony Maw. Such a cool villain. I just love the aura of him and his powers. Like, man, he was a totally awesome, uh, great, you know, great villain. Uh, you And then Thanos himself was definitely, I mean, he is like, he is, this is, he was the perfect, he's been the perfect villain to basically bring to, to a close this era of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, because there's a lot of talk that this, you know, Avengers 4 is going to be, um, you know, that it, this is going to be the end of the franchise, so to speak. And then they're just restart things, which kind of makes sense because there's going to be start to be more, some new heroes. Um, you're going to bring in, you know, you're going to have the Fantastic Four. You're going to have X-Men with the purchase of Fox, 20th Century Fox and all those things. And so with that, I think it's, um, I mean, it's a very fitting ending to get this guy as the villain. I mean, he is so intimidating and so ama incredible because of it. he's powerful. Um, he's, you know, he, and he's got these really powerful, these really cool henchmen. And the thing that really, um, the character of Thanos in this movie, he's not like Thanos of the comics entirely. So, I mean, his motivations are different. In the comics, the motivation for Thanos is he's kind of a bit of a... Um, his whole th Basically, the whole thing is he's trying to impress a girl. Uh, he's trying to get the attention of Lady Death. I mean, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to see how many things he can, he can destroy, how many people can he kill before he in order to get Lady Death's attention. Well, that was the story of the comics. In the movie, and this is kind of conveyed in the trailer, so I don't feel like I'm giving away a spoiler, is that basically, he, if, you, you've see, if you've seen The Walking Dead, I, I think that's going to be my fourth segment for today. So I'm going to do four different things today. And I know it's been a few weeks since that happened, but I'm going to come back to that one. Um, but anyways... Uh, you take, you know, think of Walking Dead. You think of the main villain from this season was Negan. And if you were to take the motive in Negan's mind, he's doing good for the world, all right? In his mind, he's a, he's a good, he has to do, he does horrible things, but he's doing it for the, for the greater good type thing. And now if you're, imagine Negan was a, so powerful he could destroy entire planets. Imagine if um, Negan could do what he wants. To, and he imagine Negan went even farther with that idea. You got Thanos, all right? Thanos is an ex, like a is is basically Negan on like the strongest steroids or meth or whatever you could ever think of and just blow into infinite level 
And so he ends up becoming a very good villain. But if you watch it, he is actually a very complex villain. Extremely complex if you're paying attention to it. So I'm not going to go anymore with that. But I mean, the boo, I liked it. Um, the the react it was so great was listening to the reactions of the audiences, um, you know I heard almost like a collective gasp at times and hearing people like oh no I saw people making actual emotional reactions to the movie, and it was it it, it is, um, like I said just great great absolutely awesome movie, all right, next up, so that's Avengers Infinity War. Uh, so the next thing we're gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about. I'm kind of flying through things today, so this is probably gonna be one of the shorter podcasts. Ironically, even though I'm going through four different things, uh, the next thing I'm gonna talk about is because I just brought it up. Let's talk Walking Dead, which you know aired a couple weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we saw the end of the war. It's kind of it seems to be a bit of a theme in some of our our stories. It's war movies, um, so we have you know you know Infinity War. While Walking Dead had a the whole season was a war between Negan's people and um, Rick's people, the um, the people that, the characters that we've gotten to know and we've gotten to love on the Walking Dead. All right, so. The end of the season has become and spoiler if you have not seen the end of the series, the season. So spoiler warning. Um, Negan is so like I was talking about. Negan is a bit of a complicated character, and it kind of gets exp- slowly revealed beginning at the end of last at the mid season. There is a there's this whole discussion between Father Gabriel and. Uh, Negan and Father Gabriel kind of makes this comment. Was like, I think I'm here, um, to take your confession, All right? And that's where this thing whole this whole little thing begins, and it's kind of a it's there we begin to slowly unravel the character of Negan, and you realize. That this guy is not a cold-hearted villain like you thought. That there is actually depth to him. Like, this guy actually thinks that what he is doing is necessary. There's a... He's not calling himself the saviors because... The narcissists the saviors to be kind of ironic and, um, you know, kind of joking. They actually... He actually believes... That he's saving people. And that's what you kind of get unraveled through the season. You realize this guy is not so black and white. Now there are black there are some black and white villains. I, I think Simon was that guy this season. But he isn't. And Negan's not even the it's not even a governor type thing. And you realize that 
physically, Negan is more dangerous than the governor. But I kind of started to realize, as the season progressed, that Negan is actually not as evil as the governor. Like, the governor was just, I mean, he would be good for like 10 seconds and he'd just go off. I mean, he was just completely unstable. Negan, I don't think, is unstable. Negan, I think, is extremely calculated about what he's doing. And not to the point that he's a sociopath. He's calculating where he's thinking, like, I mean, the world is awful. I mean, what do I do to make help people survive, to help this world survive? And he comes up with ideas that are pretty awful. And it's actually almost... Uh, um, so from a philosophical standpoint, this is almost uh, a utilitarian. He's he's basically a utilitarian. And by the way, you know, going back to Infinity War, Thanos is and this heck, this is the this is the Watchmen. Um, I mean that's what it is. I mean the Walking Dead. I mean what you have in Thanos, Negan, and Ozymandias or I think that's his name, right? Um, from Watchmen. All three of them are perfect, great examples of utilitarians. Basically, the idea is, so the greatest happiness for the greatest majority. So in other words, you will do bad, I mean, it's the, um, or actually the very core of it is by any means necessary. By any means necessary, they're going to bring happiness and bliss to people. And, you know, you look at, like, Thanos. I mean, Thanos has that going for him. Negan has it going for him. And you have that same thing going on in Watchmen. And so Negan is complicated. And I, I don't know, I don't think Rick understood that. Um, but what is it I love is in the season of Walking Dead, you have this thing with uh, Carl. Where he dies, which I think kind of sucked. I wish he, they didn't kill him off. Um, I think he should still be alive. I don't think there's any point to killing his character. I don't get why they did it. Um, I think that was a bad move from a writing standpoint. But what are you going to do, right? Well, unless they have something up their sleeves for next season. It just doesn't feel like it paid off. Because if it did, I mean, as soon as Rick read those letters, I feel like he would have right away changed because his son just died. Well, uh, what happened is, is that, you know, Rick, Carl was desiring peace between um, Rick and Negan and between the groups and that they live in harmony. And the thing is, it's so amazing, is that that is actually where the show goes. And I think some people might get annoyed. They're like, Negan should die. And you're right, he does deserve to die for what he's done. But look at some... But the thing is, it's really interesting, because if you switch that around, you put yourself in the shoes of Negan, and you look at the things that Rick has done, and he's not exactly innocent either. You know, it's like their group isn't innocent. Many of the people in their group probably deserve to die as well. I mean, look at what happened when um, they captured that group and they had them in this 
like this uh, shed or whatever. They have a bunch of these guys, saviors, and some of them seem to be pretty good guys. Did they save them? No, they killed them when they're surrendering. And that's kind of the, you know, this shows that their group, their hands aren't exactly clean either. And so they're, they've all, in a world that they're in, they've all done things that have been horrible, have been really bad. And so from the perspective of them, of course they hate Negan. Of course Negan deserves to die. But from the perspective of the saviors, so do they. And honestly, there's probably an argument to be made for both sides. And so that's what why I think what ended up happening was the right point. Because the thing is, The Walking Dead is not just a zombie show. The Walking Dead is a show that likes to explore the world, to question, to, um, to explore. How would we live? How would we act in a world where our entire infrastructures were torn down. And this is, again, exploring that. You have two groups that have gone through, you know, I don't know how much time has passed in The Walking Dead, but they've gone through a lot. They're growing tired. They're growing weary. They've done horrible things to keep alive. What's going to happen when these two fight? I mean, it could end up where they one of them completely wipes out the other. Or... Maybe this is that moment, and I loved it. There's, um, there's this at the at, in Rick's death scene, or not Rick, but Carl when he dies. He looked at his father, and he was looking at Rick. He's staring right at him, and I thought it was a brilliant moment in terms of, uh, cinematography because it felt like he was looking at you, the audience. And he says, you used to be good. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quotes. I could probably look it up, but I'm being lazy this morning. Um, but he says, you know, you guys, you used to be good. and But you've lost your way. You've lost things. So you're not quite who you were. But you can be again. And I almost felt like he's looking right at us. Because that's us as a nation. We are a divided nation. And neither the left or the right have clean hands. All of us have blood on our hands, so to speak. And we are at each other's throat. But we could be better. We could be, we could be seeking tranquility even though we are different, even though we have different ideas. I mean, we are in a world where we can, we just don't tolerate people of different worldviews. So, and it's just aggravating that this keeps happening. We don't, are, we don't talk with each other. We try not to associate with, like, I only associate with people who are, that think what I think, believe what I believe. That's not healthy. That's unhealthy dialogue. That doesn't make you, I mean, you don't have have to accept what someone believes. You don't have to say that they're right in order to get along with them. It is very possible to be friends with somebody and associate with somebody even though you know they are dead wrong about something. That's called being educated. That's called civility. That's called existing. But we in our society on both sides are getting so 
bad at that. I almost felt like, you know, when Carl was talking to Rick, he was talking right to us. Said, you guys could be better. And how many people, I know a lot of people are upset that this season ended on a peaceful note. And it's like, that tells you everything. I mean, I know it's fictional. But sometimes fiction informs our society. It's trying to tell us something. And it was trying to tell, I think, it's like it was trying to tell us, hey, we could be better too. But when we see that message, like, rah, 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 no, we need death, we need blood, no peace. You know, we're like, it's almost like, I know, I almost sounded like the alien from Independence, like, like, peace, no peace. That's the way we are, kind of, when we see it. And so I thought it was a good season finale. I think, I know people don't like it, but I liked it. Uh, so that leads me to the last segment of the day, uh, completely unconnected with these other three segments. And that is where I'm going to talk about very briefly about, and I, and I say briefly because I haven't actually watched the event, just the opening bits of it. Um, but, and that is the greatest Royal Rumble that the WWE aired on the WWE Network this past week. So, with that... So here we go. We're going to talk about, like I said, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. So the 50-man Royal Rumble thing that's going on in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm going into this, I'm talking about this before I even watch the matches, just because this is actually a pretty uh, monumental event. Um, and it's one that's creating a, stirring up a lot of controversy on the internet, um, as far as I've seen. Um, there's a lot of people, um, that are upset that, uh, they did not have any women wrestling and doesn't have any women's wrestling and you had, and Finn Balor did not wear his, you know, his rainbow gear, which is, you know, kind of pro, uh, gay rights type thing. And a lot of people are upset with that. And I'm going to explain to you why that they didn't do this. And, and I think that WWE was very much in the right. And I say this as one, especially when it comes to the women's wrestling, uh, I think the, what has got, happened with the women's wrestling, they have progressed incredibly. All right? Um, and, and and the thing, same thing is, and even with, you know, the, pro-LGBT thing. Um, you know, pro-wrestling is for anyone and everyone. It does not matter your sexual orientation. You could go and enjoy a wrestling match, right? I'm not going to talk about homosexuality here, but in this event, yeah, they could be part of the Balor Club. They're human beings. Who gives a, you know, that's all that matters, right? So, 
Um, but the thing is, is it takes place, it's, the match was in Saudi Arabia. And I, been, I was watching just the opening bit of it. The first two people that wrestled were our Triple H and John Cena. John Cena came out, they had a big entrance, so did Triple H. And it really kicked off the show. And it gave excitement and energy for this huge crowd in this huge stadium in Saudi Arabia. And um, what this match is, this event, this huge event, and the Royal I mean, there's seven titles defended. Um, you have the Royal, this 50-man Royal Rumble, and you have an Undertaker versus um, Rusev uh, casket match. And so you had these this really good lineup of matches. And I haven't seen it yet, but I've read some of the reviews. Apparently, many of the matches were just really, really good. And this is big. It's a big deal because what WWE is doing is that they're actually, like, they're trying to influence a change in, in the Middle East. They're bringing hope. They're bringing energy. Because the thing is that we've kind of forgotten, I think, in, in the United States, we are such an entitled culture. We are an entitled society. And we don't know what it's like to not have things. Back in the 80s and the 90s, um, pro wrestlers were like basically larger than, were almost like real life superheroes. This is especially true of Hulk Hogan. I mean, there's still some truth to that now. I mean, you got especially John Cena, but he's kind of running the end of his run his course a bit. Um, I know they're trying to turn Roman Reigns into that. And I, I guess he is for a little bit for some people, but he's not really there totally. But that's what these guys are. They're kind of these, they are the bigger than life they're their real-life superheroes. They stand up for what's right, what's wrong, things like that. You know, Hogan, Hulk Hogan was always, um, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know, things like that. Um, you have John Cena, who's hustle, loyalty, respect. They, you know, it's all about this good message for kids. And they're, a, they're an image of hope and victory for kids. And WWE has always kind of positions itself like that. And I think, and them being in Saudi Arabia is very much in that line. And they actually kind of did it about earlier this, I mean, less than a year ago. They were in, I think it was the UAB, I think, or uh, United Arab, uh, I can't think of the name of it. But I think that's where they were. They were there, and they did a show, and it was the first time that two women ever wrestled in a match in that place. I mean, that was a big step, you know, in terms of, into, in terms of culture. These little girls got to see that it was okay for girls to be doing something like this. and I mean, they had different gear than they normally had. They wore what almost looked like scuba diving suits. But to get the match was a step forward. I mean, maybe someday they'll be able to wear their traditional gear. And yes, I know some people are like, well, that's got a scandal. It looks like that. And same thing with even with the guy wrestlers. But the thing is, is that 
they have to wear that type of stuff so that you know their fingers and stuff like that don't get caught. It's 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 more of a utilitarian purpose um, for pragmat pragmatism. That's why they wear the type of clothing they do. It's for safety for themselves, for those who they're wrestling, things like that. They have to wear it. They're not trying to be scandalous. Uh, I'm sure they want to look cool and everything, but ultimately it's about you know pr being practical, and and so. I mean, that was a big step there. Well, Saudi Arabia is not at that point. That's why they didn't have any women wrestlers. That's why they didn't have, um, you know, Finn Balor did not wear his um, rainbow shirt. Is because Saudi Arabia isn't there culturally. They need, what WWE is getting, doing is they're getting their foot in the door. They're putting their foot in the door to begin to to be an agent of positive change in that place. You can't just come in guns blazing. Cuz what they'll do is they'll, they they will guns blaze back at you. What you need to do is you come in soft and gentle and they may embrace the message you're trying to give. All right? So that's why they did what they did. And I'm looking at just the early parts of the event. I respect what they're doing. You know, I thought that this event was kind of pointless because, I mean, like, especially the big Royal Rumble match. It's like, what's the point of it? Is anybody going to... Um, I mean, nobody... I mean, from the looks of it, for the most part, all the titles are retained from what I've seen um, and the results. And the Royal Rumble wasn't even for... I mean, it wasn't for like a match at Wrestle at SummerSlam or anything like that. I mean, they got like a title belt, but what is it defended? Is it actual an actual title belt? I mean, what's the deal? What is the deal with that thing? And so, for that reason, it kind of felt uh, like a. It did feel very meaningful, but I think what it is, it's more. It's not meaningful in this larger scope of the WWE universe, maybe. But it is a big deal in the scope of a culture. And so for that reason, I think it's, a, it's an important event. So there's my thoughts for this week on some events. I have not seen Westworld yet, the new Westworld. Um, I'm still catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I don't know if I'm going to talk about any of that stuff anytime soon. But I think hopefully my next podcast will be talking about um you know kind of some video game stuff so uh it's with that i leave you again this is the key row film society i hope this was you know some good fun and nerdy geeky topics and hopefully there's some food for thought in the stuff i talked about so uh with that the lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And if you happen to find yourself at an, a celebrity event or whatever, please don't stalk them. They're human beings. Treat them as such. See you. Have a blessed afternoon.